You are now listening to In Conversation with Mr. O, the podcast dedicated to machinery and equipment maintenance, reliability, and operations. It is presented by MRO Magazine, Canada's industry voice for maintenance and asset managers since 1985. Thank you for joining us today on In Conversation with Mr. O. I'm your host, Mario Sawinski, and our guest today is Kevin Wright, Country Manager at IGUS Canada, Inc. Today, we will discuss the importance of plastic products in maintenance, reliability, and operations. Today's episode of In Conversation with Mr. O is sponsored by IGUS. IGUS engineers and manufactures self-lubricating, maintenance-free plastic components for moving applications in nearly every industry. IGUS also offers flexible cables and durable plastic cable carriers, guaranteed to last up to 36 months. Visit igis.ca to learn more. Thank you for coming on In Conversation with Mr. O today, Kevin. Before we dive into the topic, can you give us a brief background of your expertise and how it relates to the topic of plastics in MRO? Yeah, no problem, Mario. Thanks for having me today. Um, yeah, so I've been country manager for, with IGIS Canada for the last eight years. Uh, I've been working with IGIS for 21 years, and that's basically always in the manufacturing and MRO sectors for, for those 25 years, working with customers on either OEMs, MROs, and uh, distributors for finding a plastic product that is going to work in their application. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about what IGUS is and what it does? So IGUS Inc. is, uh, we're a German manufacturer, so our, our head office is in Cologne, Germany. We have locations throughout the world, basically, in every manufacturing location, country that you can you can think of. Uh, and we're a manufacturer of motion plastics. Our company focus is life up and cost down through motion plastics. And what that refers to is we're, we're either trying to, with our products, we're either trying to increase the technical benefit or life of a given application, or reduce the cost by providing a lower cost product to give a benefit to from a cost advantage to our customers or to, to the end user. And hopefully in most cases, we're doing both. And with, with IGIS, we really have two main product groups. We have our energy chain systems and our dry tech bearings. Our energy, energy chain systems are a cable management system that is focusing on moving energy. And this is probably what IGIS is most, most known for is the, the energy chain system. It's the black cable management system you would see on like a CNC machine or uh, a large press, something like that, where you're managing cables, air, or hydraulic hoses in a moving application. Um, this is, we also, man, in, in the same case, we also manufacture our chain flex cables, which is a cable designed for continuous motion and automation. And on their side of our, our, our business, we have our dry tech bearings. And these are a self-lubricating maintenance-free plastic bearing technology. And so in this, we have our iGlide bushings, dryland linear bearings, iGball spherical bearings, our Zeros plastic fall bearings, as well as a low-cost automation system that kind of incorporates everything. Our dry tech bearing technology is based on plastic wear materials. So these are materials that are compounded from a base plastic, a lubricant as well as a strengthening fiber and they are all self-lubricating maintenance-free plastic wear surfaces. Thank you for the rundown. Moving on to the topic at hand, why are plastic products important in the world of MRO? Most importantly for the MRO sector with plastic products is they are, they're, they're designed to be maintenance-free. So no external lubrication, uh, no adding, no continuous maintenance for lubrication or greasing the plastic products. The other that's really important for 
the MRO is a newer development that's just almost will you'll see it become more of the way of the future is what we refer to as smart plastics. Now this is smart plastics is you're incorporating a feedback to a central location or a central um, control on a machine that tells you or gives you an idea when the there may when it's time to either replace or maintain a, a plastic product. In this case, either be a cable management system or a slewing ring or one of our a plastic bushing. Now, more specifically, can you tell our listeners what machines and equipment use plastic and what is the benefit? Yeah, the applications really are endless. Like you think of anywhere in a machine where uh, you have motion. And so in, in moving energy, like if it's kind of the term we use where you have to, if say if you have a gantry system and you have at the end of the gantry system, you have an end of arm tool and needs for a pick in place. You need to move data, air and power to that system. And you have to control those cables, uh, those hoses and using a plastic cable management system ensures you're not gonna have any breakage catch points and you basically have a repetitive a repetitive motion that you're able to control and ensure that it's not again not going to get in the way of the automation of, of the gantry and ensures that's going to basically basically going to work so you'll see it in everywhere so any sort of automation machine on packaging lines food manufacturing welding robots and automotive lines as well as seventh axis on six axis robots dress packs on six axis robots you really the applications are endless almost you can use a, a plastic wear surface or plastic cable management system really anywhere where there's motion maintenance departments are always looking to improve their operations in turn how can they using plastic products help operations with their maintenance program yeah so it's the the first the first and foremost is the one that sticks out to you is no lubrication so that means no regular greasing and you know and the other is in uh, very contaminated systems like using a plastic product without without having to grease without having to uh, clean uh, say a linear bearing through through flushing the system it really then say you're not actually there at the machine all the time so then that it basically takes that one step out of of your maintenance program I remember when I first started working for I guess one of the first calls I ever took where actually was in a, a bakery and they basically that flour dust and so what was happening is the flour dust was as the as in those to replace a linear bearing and so they're using your typical recirculating linear ball bearing and flour was in the environment it was getting everywhere and as soon as that seal were just a little bit that that fine dust could get inside the, the recircling ball bearing over time they just it just it just basically built up inside and necessarily you had the ball bearing failed. The ball stopped moving and then you'd get galling and the machine would stop working. And I remember we replaced it with one of our, our products. And with one of our products, it's, I think it tripled the lifetime, if my memory serves me correctly, that they got out of it because it was still uh, a, a still an abrasive environment. And, but getting that those, the, that three times lifetime was, was a huge saving from our one for, uh, breakdowns as well as for just even the the time and cost of replacement of that product it was it really was it really just was a great advantage to, to the end user and it was a perfect application where you can see how plastics can benefit uh, from an mro program as well as help in any sort of manufacturing environment now as we know bearings are a big part of many machines and equipment used today uh how are the plastic bearings different than bearings made of other materials uh you mentioned some of the the things that make your bearings a little bit better. 
Yeah. So kind of the kind of the big the big benefits to is there's no external lubrication. And, and with a plastic material, it's designed that it has a dry lubricant impregnated into the plastic, and it's compounded that way. So you don't. And that's the abrasion resistant, low friction material that allows the plastic surface to slide. There's also no mechanical moving parts, so you don't have that recirculating uh, recirculating ball that's moving through a a channel or a guideway inside a ball bearing. So there's nothing there to get uh, to get jammed up. Nothing there to nothing there to fail. Another big benefit is is very lightweight, and it's important. If you see if you're thinking about a end of arm tooling on say a pick and place or palletizing or the end of any sort of robot to have that to have lightweight and not moving a lot of mass takes a lot of strain off of that off the robot then also that's the chemical resistance with plastics you can really make a, a plastic can almost be chemically inert that it's it's obviously won't rust in sort of any sort of wet environment but it's resistant to any sort of caustic wash down or um uh, cost of washdown or chemical cleaning that you might have to do to a machine for whether it be FDA or uh, food production, beverage. It's really, those are some really key benefits to it for sure. Now, how does the lifespan compare to uh, traditional bearings? Yeah, so it's, it's, it's always a, a trick one. So it depends on the application. I wish there was a quick, easy answer. In dirty environments, it's, it's, it's usually, as I kind of mentioned that story before, really kind of, it, you really can increase your lifetime green. And it really is uh, for the right application, and it's really a it's a great product. So with say companies like Igus, we basically have what we call our expert systems and lifetime calculators. So it's it's really what we're trying to do is we make a, a better bearing predictable. And so what you're trying you want to know that it is going to be the right application for you. So what you can do is you can calculate we're using your load and speed and any sort of moment loads on. On, on a bearing in a given application, you can calculate the actual lifetime of the product. And that's done through testing that we've done in our, our lab in Germany. And so we right now, I think we produce about 3,500 tests per year. And basically what we are, we're, we're testing different materials, uh, different bearing materials against different shafts with different loads, different speeds, different environmental factors to know exactly how our parts or our plastics will perform in a given application. Now, what applications would you say are the best candidates for going to a plastic bearing? With with our standard plastic, kind of the plastics that we kind of mentioned before, whether it be our plastic bearings or cable management systems. The with our plastic cable management system, it's any sort of automation. Really, the only drawback or application we haven't really been successful in is where you have temperatures that exceed 150 to 180 degrees continuous environmental temperature, where say in a steel plant, that's where you really kind of have to take a little real closer look to see if a plastic can do it. But any sort of whether it be uh, packaging machines automation, material handling, a plastic cable carrier is by far the product of choice. You, it's, it's easier for, it's easier for installation, uh, any sort of maintenance and performance compared to a metal system, as well as it offers a distinct cost advantage right away. With a plastic bushing or a plastic bearing, it, the, we've really had the most success in those, those industries where there, there, there's been an issue where they had to fix a problem. That's kind of how we first usually get started in a given industry where they say it'd be in a packaging plant where you have a cartoner or you're folding cardboard boxes. You have that fine cardboard dust that's really in the environment. And say if you're using something like a bronze bushing, 
over time that or you have that fine dust collect in that little bit of the oil residue that's say left by a bronze bushing or a recirculating ball bearing. And then over time that basically turns into a contaminant or basically a, a point where you can actually seize the bushing or actually in worst case scenario, the bearings, it, there's no movement allowed. And so with a plastic bushing, you basically imagine it works like a windshield wiper. If it's really, if it's a dry environment, it just basically pushes everything off the window and the, the dust blows away or in this case moves. Now, if it's, uh, say it's a wet environment, say it's a wet mud on your window and you use your windshield wiper, it just collects at the end of the stroke. A plastic bushing kind of works the same way. It performs really well in those contaminated environments and whether it be packaging, food and beverage, uh, material handling, any sort of welding application is uh, a great product, a great application for it as well, because again, it's resistant to the weld spatter and as well as it's, it's performed incredibly well as also being insulating or automation. Um, it's again, then also with, uh, say with the new advent of smart plastics. So smart plastics are basically, again, as I kind of mentioned, it's you have, if you imagine a cable management system, that's on a, uh, a an automotive production line and you have a transfer car that has a cable management system on it because it has to, it's, it's relaying power as well as data to that transfer car. So as it's moving back and forth, you're getting into the millions of cycles per year. To know in smart plastics, what are you able to do is you're able to know when that cable management system has wear on it, that it might be okay. You've gone to a point of where that, yes, the, the chain is still going to work, but you need to start thinking about replacement uh, for preventative maintenance. And so to have that information relayed is a huge benefit to any sort of manufacturing environment because again it's it's telling you in advance it's actually telling you that it's okay it's time to replace this product to ensure you're not in a point where you have a potential breakdown or uh, an actual breakdown where you then have to, to scramble to get something fixed to get production back up and running apart from bearings what other plastic products can be used for example cables yeah, so cables, yeah, so cables are, you think everyone thinks of cables as copper, and so having, you know, you think of the copper conductors and the finely stranded copper uh, conductors that are used for for anything, for, for, for electrical and everything else. And so, the plastics actually play an important part of it, and especially in cables in motion. And probably first and foremost is the jacket material. For the jacket material, if you have a, a motion cable, a cable that's moving, you have to make sure that your jacket material is abrasion resistant. So it's going to perform because once that jacket material, let's say if it gets to a point where it's worn and they have exposed copper conductors, for sure, you're going to have a failure. On the internal aspects of a cable, you have to plastics play a key important part to it as well. And so it, with a, a I'll talk a little bit just about a, a cable construction here. So the way a motion cable should be constructed is that you have a twisted braided design. So what you're doing is you're twisting the individual conductors and then braiding them around a central strain relief that's inside the, the, the cable. The strain relief is usually a pressure extruded gusset material that's a, a plastic. Then sure there's no motion of the individual conductors inside the cable. And what this does is prevent any elongation or compression of the actual individual conductors, which leads to something called corkscrewing. And if you've ever seen that inside of a cable where it actually almost looks like a pig's tail, it's, um, it's basically a corkscrew cable that the cable is 
very close to failing because it means that they, the the individual conductors have either been elongated and and compressed and now it's basically taking that corkscrewed shape and then what happens is that you will then the, the individual conductors on the inside will break and then the cable will basically stop working so plastics inside a cable actually uses that pressure treated gusset material as well as to hold those cables in place as well as i offer strain relief for those pressures or, or forces that cause that corkscrewing or that elongating and compacting of the individual conductors and so really have plastics to have a really important part in in motion cables because again as i mentioned with the cable jacket and as well as the computer the jacket material as well as the construction of the cable as well now how would you say cables fit into the maintenance ecosystem the cables are are critical to for the in the maintenance sorry in the maintenance ecosystem so you can have the best cable management and best design but if you have the wrong cable inside a cable carrier that cable is still going to fail and so I would still remember that you have to have a cable. I still remember over these years where you'd have a failure inside a cable carrier and you would think, okay, it's the cable management's fault. The cable carrier didn't do it. Well, the cable carrier is there to ensure that the cable is following a repetitive path over and over so you can control actual that motion. The inside the cable still needs to design, be designed for that motion. And so if you're going back and forth in that same horizontal linear motion back and forth, if you have a cable that's not designed to withstand that motion, you're going to have cable failure. And for inside the maintenance ecosystem, if you had a cable failure and you had to pull a cable throughout an entire machine, it could take hours or a day, days even for to get that machine back up and running. So ensuring you have a proper design cable designed for motion in a moving application is critical to ensure that one that the machine is going to operate and that you're not going to have any downtime and that is paramount and you know we've had uh, lots of stories from maintenance or plant engineers who just have where they've had to crawl into machines to try to get a cable out because it's been a failure and because there's it's it's, it's probably some of the worst stories you ever heard from from in, from from a maintenance from a maintenance point of view. And it's, it's the way to avoid that is with a proper designed and motion cable inside those applications. Now, looking more broadly, what industries are the most likely to be using plastic products the most, and which tend to use other materials? In cable management, with a plastic cable cable management as well as it's almost all industries. The only ones that really don't want to use uh, that, sorry, they can't use a plastic carrier where you really have high temperature. I mean, over 150 continuous, 180 for short degrees Celsius for short-term applications. Um, and because again, with the, 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 the design and development as well as technological advancement over the last 25, 30 years of plastic cable carriers, there really is no, almost no application they can't do. Um, We've done strokes upwards of a, a thousand meters on, um, on, on on ports for RTG cranes and things like that. So there's no length we can't do. There's almost no size we can't do. It's it's not really representative, but we have done massive cable carriers that are almost like 300 millimeters in width for, or no, sorry, in height for massive dredging cables. So we've done incredibly small chains for really tiny cables as well. 
for plastic bushings, it's a little, again, it's a, it's it really relies a little bit more on uh, the load and actually does the product fit in the application. But again, it's packaging machines, uh, automation, food and beverage, or food and beverage, uh, material handling. It's it's all those applications where you can use uh, plastic because again, it offers those advantages. Those advantages of self-lubricating, maintenance-free, chemical resistant, resistance to dirt and dust. Now we're even finding that it is, I know I've spoken a lot about really contaminated environments today, but in the same, in that same plastic, because of its design, works incredibly well in clean room applications. And so with our plastic cable carrier, we have plastic cable carriers designed for clean room applications, as well as plastic bushings that get up to level 100 clean room. Um, and against wearing against an anodized aluminum rail and it's so it can be for those extremely clean environments that's required that it, they perform incredibly well that incredibly well as well how would you say that plastic products in maintenance are better than products made of other materials whether it be steel iron aluminum yeah so most notably we've kind of touched on already is where you have two two steel surfaces wearing against each other is you're going to get galling and and damage because it's just not designed to wear against each other and and those this is where you have steel on steel a lot of times you'll see them caked with grease because you need a medium in there to prevent it and then grease has a, its own inherent problems is collecting dirt contamination continuous greasing is required the other big one is chemical resistance if you can see it in um whether it's resistant to to wash down caustic wash downs or even just water um you'll see and out, if you see a steel cable carrier on any sort of outdoor environment, you'll see it's, you'll, you always see it with rust. They've got rust on it because you need to use a ferrous material or that's got, it's a, for, for the strength on a steel cable carrier as well as to keep the, the cost in check. And if you have, you'll see it as rusting and then uh, the rust just takes time for that corrosion that sooner or later it's either going to seize or it's just going to rust through and, and, and break. Both plastic, it's it's resistant to those environments, so it really does perform. They don't have that those same failure points that it's it is resistant in those environments, and so it's really it's it's most as I said, wear chemical resistance and the no need for lubrication is really the main feature why you would use plastic versus some other materials. Can you speak briefly about costs, uh, whether it be, you know, the initial cost of going to plastics over other materials and then uh, the total cost of ownership? Yeah. So with, um, yeah, so with the initial cost, so if you look at say plastic is a less expensive product kind of, uh, you can offer a cost advantage almost always from a one-to-one -one comparison, right, to, right, right at the first point. Now the cost of ownership is again, when they can, take a look at now if you took a look at say uh, a linear ball bearing in that case if you have to do any sort of greasing or maintenance to it then that cost of ownership goes up greatly right away now with other products say again on a steel cable carrier and things like that if again if you compare plastic to steel plastic is greatly a lower cost and it is and for cost of ownership with a plastic cable carrier, especially the way IAS's chains are designed, is that for installation, you just require a screw screwdriver. And it's a flathead screwdriver that's a long, a long, uh, a long 
piece to it. That's so you can get a little bit of leverage into it. You see, you can replace and install a, a, a plastic cable carrier with one product, with one tool. Then if you say, if you have, we've had lots of instances where say you're in a plant and someone accidentally drives a forklift for argument's sake into a chain, the chain's going to break. It's designed that it's not going to, then you probably want it to break because it's, it's, it's easy to replace. If you need to replace this five links out of a hundred links of chain, you can probably, you can probably do it in about 10 minutes. You can just basically just get your screwdriver, have a couple of links on the shelf, replace the broken parts. And it's designed that's almost for lack of a better description, it's like technical Lego. You can put it right back together. It fits perfectly. It's easily done. So the cost of ownership in any sort of maintenance environment is really quite low as well. And so it really is a, a cost advantage all the way around. How about looking at uh, the cost of different bearings, whether it's comparing plastic to traditional bearings? Yeah. So if you're looking at plastic, so I'll, I'll, I'll type this up, uh, in two ways or maybe three ways here. So if you look at, say, a spherical bearing, like a rod end, uh, a plastic part is always, it will be less expensive. Yeah. It's just the way they're manufactured and the cost of the materials. It is a lower cost product to, to, to produce and it results in the price that it is a lower cost point in those cases. Say a plastic bushing over a bronze bearing, it is, um, and again, it is, it is the same ballpark, but for a lower, it can be a little bit lower cost depending on the type of bronze and the type of plastic part you're using, but it's basically the, in the same ballpark for cost but again the cost of ownership of a of a self-lubricating maintenance free plastic bushing over a bronze bushing is quite a bit lower the maintenance they have a longer lifetime they have no maintenance required it is a better product in that case it's a lower cost over time for sure over a bronze bushing then say in a linear bearing a a a linear plastic bearing a linear plastic uh, bearing compared to a linear circling ball bearing for sure is lower cost. And you're, you're talking drastically lower cost. And again, it comes down to the way a little bit, the way the products are manufactured and the way they work. And it is, it does offer a big cost advantage right from the, right from the get-go. One of the key points I think I kind of mentioned again about the earlier on about that is flower application. So as I mentioned, you went from say getting uh, one month of operation to three months using a plastic part. The way the plastic piece works is that is you can just replace the inner liner of the bearing. So if you look at it, instead of replacing the full bearing block, you can actually just replace the glide surfaces of it. So in this case, I still remember because I say again, I tell the story all the time, is that they were replacing a $50 linear ball bearing probably every month that they had to replace it. For our part, again, the first initial cost was about $30 for the bearing pillow block. But then after that, after three months, they just had to basically replace the inner liner. And the inner liner was about $3 a piece versus uh, the $30 box. You had to replace just the wear surface. You could reuse every other part about it. So they then went from spending $50 per month for, or $50 per month on for that bearing piece to now down $3 every three months. So the cost of ownership you're talking about, and that is, it's so, it's, it was, it was so drastically reduced and then not even to mention the the cost of not being down every month versus having almost like a scheduled time every three months it was a huge win for this in, the, in this manufacturing point in this manufacturing environment one more thing i wanted to look at is sustainability is a big part of many manufacturing facilities today how can the maintenance department in any facility that uses plastic products make sure that they are being environmentally friendly 
when it comes to the end of life of plastic products? Yes, that's a, it's, that's actually a, a very good question. And it's actually a key point. Our, uh, one of the focuses of IGIS uh, that came uh, right from our owner, Frank Blaze, is again, he's very environmentally conscious. As you know, plastic sometimes has a single use plastic, as he is, is also has a, has a, a certain stigma to it, which rightfully so about the, what can impact on the environment. So what I guess has developed is we have what we call referred to as our change program. And the change program is that you're basically, as you say, you're actually finished with your cable management system, the product can't work, but it still has, it's still a plastic product. Instead of throwing it just to the trash and let it sit there, you can actually send it back to us. And what we'll do is we'll actually recycle the actual material and reuse it. And so there's, we can regrind it, use it for other products and use the, the, the the plastic cable management system because we know what the material is we clean it and uh, repurpose it for another use and in that what we do is that we then give a voucher for your based on the weight that we recycle that we're able to get then giving the customer a discount on their replacement chain that they then purchase from us uh based on what, what we've recycled based on the weight and so it again is it is ensuring that we're continuously you know the environment obviously is incredibly important uh, so we all need to focus on and this is a way of us ensuring that those plastics are then being continually recycled and reused whenever they can. That sounds like a really great program. Um, we covered a lot today. Uh, do you have anything to add that we might have missed? No, it was, it was, it was great. It was a really it was a great conversation today. The, the, I guess the only thing I can add is just, just look, be on the lookout for smart plastics. That is, you really see it's, it's, it's kind of its infancy as growth. It's been around for about uh, two years now where it's actually been in operation and it's being used in automotive plants right now where it's, again, you're able to actually know when you need to do a replacement. And that is with the internet of things, knowing exactly when something's gonna happen is key. You can plan for it, schedule it, and know when it's actually time to replace a product smart plastics is, is what you're going to see more and more going forward for sure that sounds great once again thank you kevin for coming on the show today that was a lot of great information and insight to digest great thank you Murray. i really appreciate it and thank, thank you for thank you for giving me the opportunity this episode of in conversation with mr o was brought to you by igis a manufacturer of self-lubricating plastic components igis uses tribologically optimized polymer blends to design its bearing materials. These blends consist of base materials for wear resistance, reinforcing fibers for high forces, and embedded solid lubricants for dry running operation. Visit igis.ca to browse through products or to contact an expert.